chapter 18. Uh, but when we started the church back in 2008, uh, one of the things the Lord uh, instructed us to do was to, uh, uh, for the church itself to take all the funds that we receive in the church and to pay a tithe on that. So take 10% of what we receive and give that to uh, other ministries. And he directed us uh, where to send that tithe to. And it was really years later as I was reading the Word of God that uh, I found that there's actually a scriptural uh, basis for that. So, uh, so typically uh, the people will, will give a tithe to the church, and then we take a tithe of that, a 10% of, of, of that amount, and we give that to other ministries. Uh, and so here in the book of Numbers, uh, he's talking to, uh, this is, uh, of course, Moses speaking from the words of the Lord. Uh, and he says uh, in verse 24, this is Numbers 18, 24, it says, But the tithes of the children of Israel, which they offer as a heave offering unto the Lord, I have given to the Levites to, to inherit. And so the Levites are a type and shadow of the ministries in the New Testament, right? So the, the, of the 12 tribes, we talked about this the other day, I think on Wednesday, uh, but we didn't talk about these verses. Uh, but of the 12 tribes, you had one tribe, the Levite, which uh, they were the ministers of God. And so they did all the work in, in the temple or in, at the time at the tabernacle uh, in doing all, all of the, uh, the sacrificing. And then uh, I'm sure they were involved in all the teaching of the law to the, to the people of Israel. Uh, and then out of the, the, out of the uh, tribe of Israel, then uh, the specific family of Aaron then came the high priest. And so Aaron was a Levite. Uh, Moses was a Levite. Uh, and in the lineage of Aaron, specifically that family, then came the high priest. So they were all, uh, the, all the priests uh, of Israel were from the tribe of Levi. And the high priest was specifically from the family of Aaron. And he said that uh, the children of Israel would bring the tithe to the ministry, right? So, so and that's why in the New Testament, uh, uh, that for the same purpose as the type of shadow, that the church brings a tithe to, to their local church. Uh, and so... Uh, he said that I have given that to the Levites for inheritance. Therefore, I have said to them, among the children of Israel, they shall have no inheritance. So when he's talking about inheritance, he's talking about when they went into the promised land, all the tribes of Israel got an inheritance, right? They got so much land for their their tribe. Uh, and, and on that land, there were cities or vineyards or uh, wells that were already dug uh, as part of the promised land and the inheritance of promised land. But the Levites got none of that, right? So they, they didn't uh, grow crops or raise cattle or anything. Uh, they lived off the free will offering uh, and the tithes from the other 11 tribes. Uh, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, uh, Thus speak unto the Levites. So now, so at first he said to all the people, bring the tithes to the, to the Levites. And now he's talking to the Levites. Now, you Levites, he said, uh, when you take of the children of Israel the tithes which I have given you from them for your inheritance, then you shall offer up a heave offering of it to the Lord, even a tenth part of the tithe. So now he's telling the, the Levites or the ministers, you take 10% of what you've received and you give that to the Lord. Uh, and so that's the, the scriptural principle of, of why we give uh, 10% of what the church uh, brings in uh, uh, to, uh, to other ministries. And specifically, the Lord has instructed to, us to give that to uh, Randall Greer Ministries uh, himself. So or to his ministry. And so uh, now we also give other offerings when we go into the business meeting. You'll see the other, uh, the other areas that we give in the church. But, uh, but all those other offerings are just things that just the Lord lays on our hearts at that moment, give that much money to whoever. Uh, but as far as what we bring in, it's always we take always 10% of everything we bring into the church and we give it to other ministries. Uh, and uh, and I believe that's why the fundamental reason why this church has always been prosperous. We've always had all the funds that we need to do everything that we need to do, because we have biblical principles for what we do, uh, and uh, and it's never an issue, right? It's never like oh, you know, well we can't give that much money, because sometimes you know, uh, depending times and seasons, we write large checks to uh, Randall Greer Ministries for our tithe, right? Thousands of dollars, um, uh, and so uh, and and uh, uh, and we're glad to do it. Amen. There's never an issue in doing that. And so, so I just wanted to know, you know that's what we do as, as a church, and this is why we do it, right? We do it because the Word of God instructs the ministers of the Old Testament to, uh, to you know, receive from the people of Israel, right? Receive a tithe from the people of Israel, but then you take a tithe of that and you give it to, uh, give it to the Lord. And, and uh, you know, and that's really all you're giving is always given to the Lord anyway, right? In that sense, right? You're always giving to the Lord and all that you give. So, so we always do that. Uh, we, we've always done that since we've uh, been a church 
And uh, we will always continue to do that. Amen. We're not going to, well, you know, we got a building program. We can't afford to tie this year, right? That's not going to happen. Amen. Uh, we will not lay the brick or, or paint the walls uh, if, if we have to use the tithe to do that. Amen. We would never do that anyway. It doesn't belong to us. And so, uh, and so when, we, when we have a business meeting, if you have other questions related to that, we'll be glad to answer those questions. Amen. Uh, and so it's always good to follow the word. If the word of God does that, uh, and there's no, there's no conflict in my heart to do that. Glad to do it. Amen. Uh, and um, glad that the Lord instructed us to do those things. And so uh, we don't ever want to be uh, stingy or um, covetous as a church. Uh, we don't want to be covetous for your things as the people of God. And we don't want to be covetous for the things that the church has, right? That if we have it, the Lord wants us to give it away, we give it away. Amen. We're not going to hold on to it and and say, well, Lord, I, you know, we'd rather not do that. Uh, uh, we want to be, always be a generous church. Amen. Uh, and so let's stand and greet each other for just a minute. We'll get into praise and worship. Easy to set me, and I'm going to run this race. Amen. With God. Amen. Amen. Thank so you, Father. I have, yeah. and I need him yeah. to be everything I've seen in this world. Amen. Everything, none of me, is all of him. Yeah. No reserves here tonight, today. Amen. Giving it all to God. Yeah. All to God. Amen. Jesus, he has great things for you. Hey, amen. I'll pray for you. Yes. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Fill, Father, to the fullness of heaven. Thank you, Father. Fill and overflowing, Father, with your spirit. Father, joy and peace, Father. And revelation and insight, Father, into you and to who you are, Father. Moses cried, show me who you are, Lord. Father, she has the same cry. Show you to show yourself to her, Father, in every area of her life. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I receive it. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And I pray just that. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? You know, we're, we're singing about the holiness of the Lord, and I know we, we mentioned this uh, on occasion, um, but, you know, holiness, uh, holiness is not the same thing uh, as lack of sin. Amen? Uh, uh, I know in the church sometimes we think if we can just have no sin, we will be holy. 
Well, that's not the way the, the scriptures work, right? If you look up the definition of the word holy, it's really kind of a hard word to, to explain and define. Um, but what the church has decided, well, we're just going to, if we can get rid of all the sin, uh, we're going to be holy. And, and what ends up happening is we're not really getting rid of sin. We're getting rid of visible sins and exchanging them for non-visible sins, right? So we won't rob a bank, but, you know, we will be jealous, right? We won't, we won't steal from somebody, but we'll be resentful, right? Yeah, we, we, you know, we won't go and, and um, you know, slash somebody's tires, but we will be full of pride, right? You know, holiness and denim skirts are not the same thing, right? Uh, I mean, I don't try to burst anybody's bubbles, but uh, your, your denim skirt that you wear is not the definition of holiness, amen? Uh, and yet in the church sometimes we think that the outward appearance is what defines holiness, amen? Uh, it, holiness is actually pretty simple. Uh, holiness, if you look it up and, you know, you have to kind of read between the lines and get some understanding of it, but the holiness uh, just means that there's no one like God, be like him. Yeah. And if you sin, well, you're just like everybody else, right? So everybody sins, right? And so holy, be like God. You know, God in heaven's not, he doesn't get up every day, not that he even gets up, I know, but he doesn't get up every day and go, you know, I don't think I'm going to steal today. The church is so sin conscious all the time. What am I not going to do? You know, how am I not going to lie or cheat or steal? That's sin consciousness. We should be thinking about how do I be like him? Amen. If you're like him, you will not sin. Amen. Absence of sin is not holiness. But holiness will result in no sin in your life. Amen. Be like him. Find out what he's like. Be like that. If he, if he is love without uh, reserve and w without limit, then be like that. Uh, if he's kind without limit, then be like that. Amen. Uh, if he is all-powerful, be like that. Amen. If you're like him, you won't sin. Uh, and so uh, the church, so often we, we get into, uh, into sin consciousness, and then we start comparing ourselves among ourselves. Oh, you, I don't do that. You ever had somebody, you know, hey, you want to watch the game? Oh, I don't watch TV. Oh, fine, okay, you know, you don't watch, aren't you special, right? Uh, and then, the, but the, the, they're not trying to be holy, they're just trying to not be like you. He didn't say don't be like the guy next to you. He said be like him. Amen. Uh, you want to watch the game? Fine. You don't want to watch the game? Fine. I don't care. It doesn't, nothing to me, right? I, you know, but, but uh, you know, there's no sin in it, right? Now, you can. I know you, people make uh, idols out of, out of sports, you know. They, oh, you remember that 94 World Series game, you know, game six, you know, they were down by five. How would you know that? But people know those things, right? Oh, you remember so-and-so? He was at bat, you know. It's like, really? You remember that? Uh, and so, I mean, I'll watch a game on occasion, but I mean, I can barely tell you anybody's name about anything because it's not that important to me. But, you know, that it, you know, I know you can make idols of that, but you don't have to make idols of it. Amen. Uh, and so holiness is being like the Lord. He said, I'm holy, therefore be holy. Be like me. Amen. And that's what should our pursuit is. Well, Lord, what do you like? Okay, that's what I'm going to be like. Instead of, what, Lord, what do you not like? Well, you're not like stealing. You're not like, uh, you're not like killing. You're not like lying. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to not do those things. But that still doesn't make you like him. Amen. You could not steal and still not walk in love. Amen. You could not lie and still still not be kind. Uh, and, and you know, people, the, the, the holiness movement, they're some of the meanest, orneriest people, judgmental people you've ever met. Amen. Judge you for everything you've ever not done. Right. Uh, and, and just mean about it, you know, and, 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 you know, the people of the church should be the kindest, uh, uh, precious people in the world. Amen. And I believe for the most part they are. Right. But every now and then you get people just, I mean, they're so high and mighty. It's just like, wow. Uh, I mean, you know, that, that's how the Pharisees were. And Jesus appeared on the earth and he wasn't good enough for them. How dare you eat with unclean hands, you know? And that's the way the, the holiness uh, group, I don't mean just, I know there's a group, the holiness group specifically named, right? You know, I don't mean just them in particular, but there are plenty of people in, in every church who think that holiness is the absence of sin. And we'll go about measuring their absence of sin compared to your uh, fullness of sin and think that they've arrived if they're better than you. Uh, and, well, you know, you can always find somebody that you're better than if you try hard enough. Amen. There's somebody always better than you there's, or you're better probably than somebody. And so what ends up happening instead of being around people that will encourage you to be better, they hang around people that are worse than them so they can feel good about themselves. I don't like, you know, I mean, I don't mind hanging around people that are, that are not uh, as spiritual as I am, not that I'm trying to compare myself with, with anybody, uh, if, but if I, if, you know, just to be kind to them and help them, that's fine. But I like being around people that, that, that uh, compel me to get better. 
that, that exhort me to be better. Just looking at their life, Lord, I want to be like that. I, you know, I'm already the way that I am, so I want to find somebody who's better than I am. And the Lord, if they can do it, I want to do it. Amen. Yeah, and and um, years ago, I was listening to Brother Hagen on a cassette tape, and he was talking about how he, he said he said I never have an ill thought towards anyone. And I had an ill thought for him for just saying that, right? Uh, because, like, well, who can live that way? Nobody can live that way. But no, I didn't think that. I, I pointed my finger at that cassette deck and I said, Lord, I'm going to be that way someday. Because I sure wasn't that way the, the, when I heard that message. Because, you know, I never knew anybody lived that way. I know the Bible says that, you know, have no ill will towards your neighbor. But nobody lives that way because, I mean, you know, have you met my neighbor? I mean, you know, it's easy to have ill will towards my neighbors. Uh, and so, you know, he's like, well, you know, it'd be nice to live that way, but it's impossible. And then you find somebody who's, who's plowed the ground and chosen to live that way. Well, Lord, they've done that and they've been successful. And Lord, I want to be that way. That's the way I want to be. Uh, I'm going to find people that have got things in their life that I don't have and add that to my life. Amen. I'm not trying to, you know, uh, to hang around people that, that I'm always better than them. And again, I'm not trying to compare myself because the Bible says if you compare yourself among yourself, you are unwise. Yeah. But you know what I'm talking about. People just, you know, kind of halfway into God, you know, halfway into the things of God. And, uh, it, you know, and that's fine, right? We, we've got to help those people to get along and to increase their faith, no doubt. But I still, I, I want to be around people that, that are sharper than I am, that pray more than I pray, that study more than I study, that know the word more than I know the word. Uh, and, and be encouraged that, Lord, they're doing that. I can do that. Amen. Yes. Because they're pursuing to be like God. Yes. Amen. We don't need to pursue lack of sin. We need to pursue God. Amen. What was one of my favorite scriptures there in Galatians 5.16? It says that if you walk in the spirit, you will not what? Fulfill the lust of the flesh. So our focus should be then on walking in the spirit, not measuring the, the flesh. And yet the church has forgotten about walking in the spirit and they're just measuring the flesh. That's all we're doing is, well, I'm not doing that. Okay, are you walking in the spirit? What are you talking about? You know, when you say walk in the spirit, people are like, well, what are you talking about? You know, they, they have no concept of that. But they know how to not walk in the flesh, or they think they do. But, you know, flesh is not just things that you observe. Flesh can be things that, that they're unseen, that God sees, but the yeah. mankind doesn't see, right? Pride, arrogance, resentment, envy, jealousy, all of those things that you can have and nobody will know about them except for the Lord. Yeah. And there's plenty of that to go around in the church, amen? And we need to get rid of those things. You know, and generally speaking, the unseen things are much more uh, uh, of a problem in the church and people's lives than the seen things. And we like to focus on the see things, seen things because then I can say, well, I'm not doing that. That's great. But what are you doing that's unseen, right? Now, I don't want anything I'm doing unseen to be on the 5 o'clock news, do you? Do you want the 5 o'clock news to show up at your house and see all the unseen things? No, but, uh, but you also don't want the Lord to, to show and tell everybody the unseen things that only he sees. Amen? Uh, it, it's, uh, it's just as important to work on the unseen things as it is to work on the seen things. Amen? The, 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 the sins that are observed in the natural world. Uh, you need to work on the pride and the, and the resentment and the jealousy and the envy and all of those things just as much as you've got to work on the stealing and the killing and destroying and, uh, and the things that can be seen in this natural world. Uh, if you want to be like God, amen, then be like him. Because the more you like him, you'll wake up, you know, Lord, I just, I've been so busy trying to be like you, I've not even gotten around to sin today. Or the, today, or this week, or this month. I've, I've been pursuing you so much that I've just not gotten around to doing the normal lying like I've been doing. And that should be the, 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 the way we go, amen? I know it sounds funny, but anybody know any Christians that lie all the time? I mean, I know Christians who, whose relationship with the truth is, is very strained. I mean, they just—they're just so comfortable lying, and, and I think, well, that's really odd. I mean, they just—well, I didn't do that. Well, I was there. I saw you do it. It wasn't me. I was there. Well, I didn't say that. I heard you say that. Well, it wasn't me. What was it? Your evil doppelganger? I mean, well, who was it? If it wasn't you, and so it was you. Amen. And so, anyway, praise God. We can be holy because He said to be holy. It means we have the ability to do it. Amen. Well, nobody can do that. He said to do it. And if, if, if it's impossible, then he's unjust because is he going to uh, judge us for whether or not we were successful in that? He will. And if it's something that we were unable to obtain or to attain to, then he would be unjust in requiring that of us. Amen? So if we said be holy, then we have the capacity to be holy. But holiness is not measure, measured in the natural realm. It's not measured by the length of your skirt or, the, or how high your bun is on your head. 
It's not measured in, in natural things. It's measured in how much you look like the Lord and how much you sound like the Lord. Amen? Uh, and so we're not mad at anybody, uh, but, uh, but the church, uh, we, we, get, uh, we get so messed up sometimes and get fixated on things that, that the Lord's like, why are you doing that? I mean, how big of a deal did the Pharisees make that they didn't wash their hands before they ate? I mean, a big deal, right? Uh, and, and the Lord's like, dude, I mean, it don't matter, right? Oh, how dare you do that? It's like, that, that's the deal. That's what you're going to, uh, that's the hill you're going to die on is hands being washed. Uh, and, and um, uh, you know, the Lord, uh, it was so kind and merciful to all of those people. Amen. Uh, because they, they, their mindset was so, so backwards and messed up, amen? Uh, and yet he came to them just as much as he came to anybody else, amen? He did speak to them. He went to some of their houses, had dinner with them, amen? He didn't just kick them to the curb. Uh, he, he tried to help them as best he could to, uh, you know, how many interactions did he have with the Pharisees? A lot. Well, why? Because he cared for them, and he desired to help them. He was not very successful in helping many of them, but a few of them, right? He helped Nicodemus. He helped Paul, who was a great uh, Pharisee, right? Uh, there was a few of them that he helped, right? Uh, but for the most part, he was, he was unable to, to break through their, their ranks because they were so insistent on natural measurements of holiness. Amen? Nothing much has changed in the church. We're still fixated on natural measurements of holiness. Uh, and that is not how you become holy by measuring the natural world. Amen? So let's open up our Bibles to the book of, of Luke chapter 11. We'll, we'll continue there today. We've been talking about just the message just, the Lord just put to my heart about uh, how bad do you want it? Uh, and, uh, you know, the things of God, you have to pursue them with great diligence. Amen? Uh, it requires effort on our part to pursue God and to obtain the things of heaven. Uh, and, uh, and a lot of times in a church, when you talk about, uh, you know, uh, it takes effort. People's like, oh, that's, that's too much work. Well, it's not really, right? I mean, how much work? You think about, uh, how much work people spend on just their uh, on just their physical health in our society, right? And in, in, like especially in America, because we're we're uh, obsessed with this. And you, you add up like doctors' visits and medication and exercise and how much effort and energy you spend on what you eat, right? And how much you eat and all of these things and how much time you prepare uh, with what you eat, uh, and then. Uh, I can get up and say, well, you know, by faith you can obtain divine health and live in divine health all the days of your life, but you have to pursue faith to get there. Oh, that's too much work. Well, we, you spent tens of thousands of dollars last year on medical bills and medical things and, and devices and whatever, uh, and energy and hours and hours of pre preparation and, and exercise and all these things, and then the Lord just asks a small thing of you of faith, well, that's too much work. But compared to what? Uh, and so, you know, it's all relative in that sense. Amen? Amen. But, you know, the things of God are not for the faint of heart. Uh, the, the faith of God is not for, it's not just the easy thing in, in the sense that you just have to do nothing and it all comes to you. Uh, like anything in life, it takes, it takes effort. Amen? It t if you want to be good at anything, it takes effort. You know, people that are really good at sports, you know, the reason why, you know, when Tiger Woods burst on the scene, uh, scene many years ago as a, as a great golf player, uh, they well, how, you know, how'd you get so good? And they showed videos of when he's like two years old, you know, you know putting a golf club and these things. And, you know, uh, uh, Messi, the great uh, soccer player or football player, if you get outside the United States, uh, they, they find out pictures of him or, or um, Beckham when he was, uh, you know, a great soccer player. They showed his skin when he was just a kid. Uh, kicking a soccer ball around. Uh, hundreds and thousands of hours of, of work and effort put into uh, being great at what they were doing. Uh, and if you tell the Christians, well, if you want to be great in faith, it's going to take time. It's going to take effort on your part. Well, well how much effort? You know, uh, you know well, a lot. Uh, well, that sounds like, it sounds like a lot of work. Well, it is a lot of work, amen? But what do you get out of it? Eternal life, yeah. divine health, yeah. fullness of prosperity, peace that can't be uh, attacked. Uh, it's pretty good results, amen, if you, if you pursue it, amen. But uh, for some folks, the effort is, is too much. And so, uh, and that's, I think, why the Lord wanted us to, to have this conversation about uh, these verses and, and uh, examples in the Word of God. How bad do you want it? Amen. And we talked about Elijah last week, you know. Uh, he prayed, 
And what happened the first time he prayed for the water to come back, the rain to come back? Nothing. What happened the second time? Nothing. How many Christians would have given up after twice, after two times? He made me pray twice. I can't believe he did that. You know, or three times. He wouldn't even ask me the third time. I'm out of here, right? I mean, you know, uh, it, it's amazing, you know, as a, as a pastor, you, you have to, you know, there's a balance to everything. Uh, and, um, but, you know, sometimes people get told no, and they'll just leave the church. Or, or they won't get their way, and they'll leave the church. And it's like, well, you, you think the Lord doesn't do that? You know, Elijah prayed, nothing happened. Prayed twice, nothing happened. Three times, nothing happened. Some people are like, you know, I went up there and said something to me, and I'm, I'm out of here. I mean, one time, that's it? One time? And you're gone? How bad do you want it? You sure don't want it bad as, as Elijah wanted it, right? Paul had to pray three times to get an answer. And even in Paul, he was wrong in what he was re- requesting, but the Lord wouldn't even tell him he was wrong until the third time. Uh, and, and, well, how bad do you want an answer? You know, it, it, it's, it's, and we're not trying to make, you know, Christianity is, is, is the best uh, life you can ever have. Bar none. I mean, it's so much better than anything the world could ever offer. Uh, but it does take effort to be that way. Amen? It, it takes effort to work with the Lord and find out what He wants and find out how He works and operates. And what we find in the Scripture, just really as, uh, as an example, is that the, the Lord oftentimes will wait to see how much faith you really want to be in before He'll, he'll bring the answer. And, and it's not that He delays beyond when, it, when it's a problem, right? Lord, I've got to have this by this certain date. Well, no, I'm, I'm going to be late. Uh, no, it's not about that. It's just, you know, we just, we just think, well, Lord, just give me everything and, and right now. And, and, well, how much time did you spend with him, right? The Bible says, they that wait on the Lord shall what? Renew the strength. Renew the strength. Well, how, when you say wait, now, how long? I mean, is there a time like, like, like you talking about minutes or like days or like, you know, how long was it for, was, how long was it for Abraham to receive the promise of Isaac? When he got the promise, how long was the time between the time that he got the promise and the time that he received the promise? Anybody know? Y'all in Sunday school, right? It was 25 years, right, from the time that he, the Lord gave him the promise to the time that he received the promise. Well, how many would have given up on it after a day? Lord, you told me I'd have a son. He's not here. Well, it's only been like a minute, right? I mean, you know, I mean, it, just, it has to be at least nine months between, I mean, he could, now he could speed things up, of course, and make a miracle out of it if he wanted to, but um, but he didn't, amen. Uh, and so it was Abraham. Now, the Bible said for Abraham that he was not weak in faith. Not weak in faith, amen. Uh, and so Abraham stayed the course for 25 years. Doesn't mean that everything that God promises you has to take 25 years. But we see these examples in the Word of God that, that men and women of God would not take no for an answer. Uh, that if the Lord made a promise, they were going to uh, find and get the answer to that promise, uh, whatever it took, amen? Uh, and we need to be that way in all areas of our life, you know? If we would be that way in church, uh, you know, and when I was with my pastor, the Lord told me to go to that particular church, uh, and um, I wasn't, uh, you know, we had gone to that church when I was in school, and then I graduated and moved out of state, and he said, you go back to that church. Okay, I'll go back to that church. Uh, and uh, now, uh, most of you didn't know my pastor, but my pastor I mean, you, you know me a little bit at least, right? And my pastor and I were as opposite people as you can imagine. If you know anything about me, you know I, I love to study, I love books, learning, academics, you know, I'm the guy, right? Second grade, my, my teacher, Mrs. Brown, said, you know, uh, you shouldn't cheat because how do you know they got the right answer? And I, as a second grader, I'm thinking, you know, that's brilliant. Then I'm never going to cheat. And so I never cheated because my second grade teacher said it doesn't make any sense because what I can guarantee is, well, then I can get the answer. I can study and have the answer. So I don't need to not know if they got the answer or not. I can guarantee if I get it. But, you know, I told that same story to my pastor. He goes, well, I know I didn't have the answer, so they might. So I'm going to cheat. So, so, see, that was his philosophy. He was as completely opposite for me as you could be. He cheated his way all through school. He never read a book, not a single book, cover to cover, before he graduated high school. Not, well, not even a comic book, he said. You know, comic books typically were 32 pages long. Uh, and uh, I've, read, I've read a lot of comic books over, over the years, right? Not re- recently, right? Uh, but uh, a lot of books, amen? Uh, and uh, he was as opposite, as opposite world as we can be. And, and, uh, and so I started, when I went back to the church there, I was in school, I went back to school again when, uh, when we went back to church. And so 
I went through and, and uh, uh, I had time, so I'd go hang out at the church. Hey, what are you doing? Because the Lord said to go there, then, then I've got, okay, I've got to be friends with this guy. I didn't realize how much work it was going to be. It was a lot of work to be friends with him because he was so opposite from me. He was a black belt in karate. You know, now I got beat up a lot growing up, but I, you know, I wasn't a black belt. You know, I was got beat up by some black belts probably, but, uh, and so uh, we were just opposite world. But it took effort to, to, be, uh, to be his friend. Uh, I remember one time we went down, uh, you know, I was there for a while, uh, and uh, he said, well, we're going to go down uh, to Chattanooga and buy some furniture for this church. Okay, fine. And so I would just, hey, I'll go with you. I just hope, hey, if you're going somewhere, I'm going with you. Uh, because I wanted it, amen? I wanted it bad enough. To, the Lord said to go there, then, then, then I'm going to go there. Uh, and so... We get down there, and he buys the furniture. We're going to check out, and he gives me the check. He said, now you fill us out. And I thought, what? It's your check? Why you, you know, it was just really odd to me. Why, it's your check. Why do you want me to fill it out? You fill it out. But I didn't find out until later that he had no idea how to fill out a check. You know, he didn't know how to spell the numbers. You know, he didn't know where all the things went. You know, he, you know I signed right there, and he signed it, but that's it. Right? He didn't know where the dates were. I mean, he just... You know, he was kind of clueless. Now, he, he was a great man of God. He loved the Word of God, loved the Spirit of God. But in the academic world, in the natural world, he, he was a babe in the woods, right? He just had no concept of things. And, you know, I mean, I was much younger than he was, but I didn't skip school like he did. I, you know, I, I didn't cheat in second grade or third grade or fourth grade. He missed all of those classes because he cheated through all of them. And so, uh, but there was effort involved, and he couldn't get rid of me. He was, uh, later on, you know, things were really good for the first many years, and later on things were uh, not very good, and, and he was really unkind to me in many ways. He still couldn't get rid of me because the Lord called me to go there. Why are you going there? Because the Lord said to go. And he just couldn't, he couldn't, you know, he tried uh, many times to get rid of me uh, and, and, um, and my wife, right? And my friend Jerry's back in the back row. You know, if he, you need a second opinion, it was all that so, just ask Jerry, he'll tell you it was all so, right? He was there for all of it, right? Uh, and so because he, he, he got there about the time things started turning in the wrong direction, right? He was there for a few years before they were, got in the wrong direction. But anyway, I'm not mad at my pastor. I love him. We look forward to seeing him. Amen. And so uh, uh, here, Jesus, there's a couple parables that I, uh, in, this, in this discussion that are really good because Jesus gave these stories and he gave these stories for us. Parables are just a story, right? They're on, act, they're on actual people. They're just a story that he made up because he wants us to understand, here's how I operate. Uh, and so he gave us a couple parables. So there's many parables in the Word of God. We actually went through, uh, several years ago, went through all the parables. And it was really a great, uh, a great study there. Uh, but this, this is one of my favorite parables all the time because it encourages me to not ever give up. It encourages me to press in. Amen? And so he said, well, let's start here in verse, uh, verse 5. Uh, and he says, uh, which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine is in his journey, uh, in his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not. You know, who does that? Knocks on the door at midnight. Hey, you got any bread? I've got, some, I've got company. I'm, they're hungry. Can I borrow some of your bread? Who would do that? You know, I'm sure I would respond just like this guy. You know, from within, answer said, trouble me not. Stop bothering me. Why? Because it's midnight. Uh, and so he said, the door is now shut and my children are in bed with me. I cannot rise and give thee. Well, is that a reasonable response? I mean, it's kind of reasonable, right? It's midnight. We're all in bed. Well, what are you doing up anyway? And why are they eating at midnight? It's not good for you to eat after 9 o'clock, right? Isn't that what they tell us, right? Whoever's, whoever they are, they don't eat after 9 o'clock. I don't know who they are, but they tell us, don't eat after 9 o'clock. And so, uh, of course, I, you know, I'm in complete and total rebellion about that. Uh, and so, he, he said in verse 8, I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. Uh, and so he doesn't give him because, oh, it's my friend. So let me help you out. I got all this bread. We just baked it today. Here, you just have it all, right? No, that's not why he gave it to him. It's not because they're good friends. He said because of his importunity. Now, when was the last time you used importunity in a sentence? During, you know, I was just doing some importunity the other day, you know, and it was really hard. You still don't know what that means, right? What does that mean, right? You can say the word, right? 
uh, well, importunity, uh, uh, the two, I I wrote this in my Bible, so, you know, it's okay to write in your Bible. It's legal to do that. Uh, It says, shameless persistence and wearisome persistence. the, The whole concept is persistence, right? How bad do you want it? How bad do you want the bread? Well, then you're going to have to be persistent. And not just persistent, but shamelessly persistent. Don't you feel bad coming at midnight? No. You said you were my friend? I'm here at midnight. If you're my friend, then I can come at midnight and get some bread. Well, you have no shame. So, I still need the bread. Amen? That's what shameless persistence means, right? Uh, Lord, you know, you're, uh, why are you coming to me? Because you said, Lord, you said I could, I could obtain peace. Yeah, but you know, uh, you were in a peace yesterday. Well, it doesn't matter, Lord. You, you gave the promise there, right? Uh, and so, wearisome persistence. In other words, you're not going to give it up. Wearisome. You're going to wear them down. Now, now, who is telling the story? Jesus is telling the story, right? Why is Jesus telling us the story? Because he tells us right there. He said, I say unto you, in verse 9, Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and him that knocketh it shall be opened. So he said, ask, seek, and knock. But in the context of the parable, he wasn't saying just, just ask. Uh, hey, Lord, can I have that? And the Lord doesn't answer. You go, I guess you don't want me to have it. You know, I asked. And he, I asked one time, and he didn't, he didn't respond. So I, I guess he doesn't want me to have it. Is that, is that wearisome persistent? Is that shameless persistence? Did you go at midnight uh, and, and the Lord's doing other things? And, Lord, I need this. Uh, and remember, he said he didn't give it to them because they were French. He gave them because they were, uh, they were shamelessly persistent in asking. Who said that? Jesus said that. If Jesus said that, and he's using the parable, who, who is the friend in, the, in bed? That's God the Father. Who's the friend coming to them in bed? That's the friend. That's us. Right? We're the ones going to ask because we don't have anything for ourselves, so we need to go ask from somebody who has it. Well, who has everything? The Lord has everything, so we go to the Lord. And we go to the Lord, and, and we are shamelessly persistent. You know, the church has no concept of that. Uh, we, we ask once, and it doesn't happen, and we go, well, I'll just take care of myself. And then we go off as best we can and try to take care of that ourselves. Uh, we, we, we have no concept of sticking with it until the end. I was going to say to the bitter end, but it's never a bitter end if you get it, amen? And so the, this parable, the Lord is telling us, the, Jesus himself is telling us a story. This is how the Father is like. This is what the Father wants from you. The Father wants from you to be sh- persistent so much that other people go, well, I would never ask that much. I mean, I, that, I'm, I'm embarrassed for them. They keep on asking. You ever seen somebody that's like that and you, you see them doing things? Uh, and, and, you know, that in the natural world, you know, I'm kind of, I, I just, I just, I just, it just, I really hate asking people for things, right? Just something about, you know, I just, I'd almost rather do it myself. Or, you know, even at a restaurant, right? And they come and the food's not perfect. Yeah, I just, I just, you know, unless it's just like poisoned or something like that, or just, you know, I, I, uh, they put a piece of broccoli in or something, ruin it, you know, I mean, if they do that, maybe I'll do something about it. But, you know, if it's just, if it's just close enough, to me it's like close enough, right? Now, some people are like, hey, uh, right here, no, this isn't cooked nearly exactly the right way, right? And they'll just ask and just ask again, and they'll go back and cook it and come back and go, yeah, but you know that green pea right there, you know, it's a little bit not round enough, and, and so send it back, right? And, and like they're shameless, right? And, and I'm, now I'm over there watching them and go, wow, I'm embarrassed for them. You ever been embarrassed for somebody? Well, see, what are these? What would what would the friends of this person going at midnight? What would they think? I can't believe they went at midnight. I, you know, I would never do that. But did they get what they needed? They got what they needed from the Lord, right? How many, how many people in the church, well, yeah, I, just, I just hate to ask the Lord. I, I just hate to bother the Lord. I know people who, I, I, did you pray about that? Well, I, did, I just, you know, I just felt unworthy to pray. What? What does that even mean, right? Unworthy to pray. The Lord died for you, shed blood for you, went to the cross for you. How could you be unworthy of anything of the Lord? He called you his own children. He adopted you, legally adopted you into his family. Uh, why wouldn't you go to the Lord? He told us to do that. Amen. Now, so in so the natural, you know, I'm not really, I'm not big. Just, some people are that way, right? They can just, you know, uh, I mean, they go buy something and they can take it back, you know, six months later. Yeah, you know, it's, you know, that doesn't bother you? No. For me, it's like, I just, I just, I wouldn't even do that, you know, because I'm not that way, right? Some people are that way. I'm not that way, right? I know people that just, they just take anything back, you know, six years later, you know, well, it, it had a dent in it, right? Uh, well, uh, 
I mean, you just do that? Oh, yeah. Now, but in the spirit world, see, I know who the Lord is, so it doesn't bother me to ask the Lord. What if he doesn't answer the first time? doesn't matter. I'm going to ask him again. Unless he tells me, no, don't ever ask me that again, I will be shamelessly persistent with the Lord. But I want to know. I want to know why this is the way. I, don't, I want to know what this verse means. I want to know how this operates. I want to know, Lord. And that's the, that's the relationship I had with my pastor for many years. I, you know, he just... Uh, he would ask me all kinds of questions and I would ask him all kinds of questions. I thought, well, if he's asking me questions, I'm going to ask him questions. So he'd ask like how the sun and the moon and the stars work and I'd tell him that and I'd say, well, how does the anointing work? You know, how do you find out about the word of God? How do you find out your calling in, in, in the Lord? And, and I'd just ask him all kinds of questions. And, and sometimes there was even uh, the assistant pastor would go sometimes and he would just berate me for asking a question. Well, you know, it's just a question. And there's nothing wrong with asking a question. Amen? And so, so, so he tried to shame me for asking a question. I just keep on asking questions. Yeah, I don't care. I've got, I've, got answer, I've got questions. I need answers. And you're the pastor. I'm gonna answer, you're going to answer these questions. And, and so, so who told the story? The Lord Jesus told the story. It's his parable. He, uh, he, and, he, and, and the type in the shadow is the, the father's the one in the bed. And you've got to go ask him for something that you have need of. And, and you can't take no for an answer. Now, see, see, if you just read the ask and it shall be given unto you, seeking you find and knocking it will be open to you, you think, well, I just got to ask one time and that's good enough. No, that's not what he said. He said, you got to be shamelessly, wearisomely persistent in asking the Lord for things. Why? Because he's always going to elevate faith. If you see it like that, it's not because he's trying to punish you, not trying to delay, not trying to harm you. Are you really in faith? Do you really believe I'm going to answer you? Do you really believe my word? And see, who wrote this? I mean, who spoke this parable? Jesus did. And so he's trying to show, here's how the Father operates. And yet the church is like, well, I, if, if I just knock one time, okay, he's not there, let's go. Well, I mean, you know, if somebody knocks on your door, it takes a while to, 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 to get up, right? I mean, uh, I've had plenty of people knock on my door and get uh, before I'm up, right? Because some people don't know what a clock is, right? They, they think, well, they think the day starts at like 5 o'clock in the morning. Days don't start at 5 o'clock in the morning, right? Uh, days start like 10 o'clock in the morning. That's a good time to start, right? You just you start whenever you start. I don't care, right? My days don't start that early, amen? Some people do. They call you up. Are, are you up? Well, I will be. <laughs> I mean, eventually I will be up, right? Uh, and so, and that's fine. You, if you got something that you need, you see, you see, if somebody really had a need, they, uh, they had a need for the pastor, they call them up. Uh, well, I don't want to bother him. See, that's not, shame, that's not shamelessly persistent. Amen. I know a lot of people say, well, I, you know, this happened, but I don't want to call the pastor and bother him. Well, then you had never read this parable. Because as a pastor, you know, I don't have a clock, right? I mean, as a pastor, I'm, on, I'm really on duty 24 hours a day. And if you, had, if you called it with sincere need, you know, at 5 o'clock in the morning, I would answer, right? And I'd go and help you. And, not, and I wouldn't grumble about it either. That's the job. Amen. I'm glad to do the job. Amen. If you call up, you know, 5 o'clock in the morning and, and say, hey, you know, uh, uh, what, what are you doing for lunch today? You could, have, you could have called me up at 10 o'clock and asked me that question, right? I mean, you know, uh, and so, uh, you know, it's okay, amen? But you know, I know people who, who will not, who will never call the pastor. And again, look, I mean, it's, it's fine. I'm not trying to, I, I need everybody to call me. Don't call me, you know, just out of, uh, uh, out of uh, uh, me pressuring you to call you. Uh, but how many people won't pray or ask the Lord for things? Well, I don't want to bother the Lord. How many people won't call the pastor to ask him for things? Well, I don't want to bother him. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm his representative on the earth. Amen. Uh, and so if, if there's things you want in your life, you've got to go to the Lord. And sometimes you've got to be wearisome and persistent with the Lord to get that thing. Whatever it may be, it's sin that you're trying to get out of your life. Lord, I just got to get this sin out of my life. And you've got to go back to him. Uh, and if you, if you do it tomorrow, you've got to go back to him again. Lord, I ask, uh, uh, forgive me for this, but help me to get out of this. And you do it again tomorrow, you go back to the Lord. Lord, forgive me. You've got to help me get out of it. And, you know, how bad do you want it? You know, this parable is that, is that very message, right? How bad do you want it? Are you willing to go to the Lord at the, at the most awkward time and, and not take no for an answer? Because, see, the first, what was the first answer? No, I'm not getting up. And, you know, sometimes the Lord will, will delay his answer to you to see if you're in faith. Now, see, that's, that's, what the Lord, that's what the Lord Jesus is trying to get across in this parable, amen? Uh, and, and, uh, and, of course, um, it's very similar. Uh, we got a few minutes here. Turn over to uh, Luke chapter 18. 
very similar um, parable here. Uh, he said here uh, in verse 1, And he spake a parable unto them uh, to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint or not lose heart. You ever prayed for something and then lost heart to get that thing? Well, then you've lost heart. Amen. Men ought always to pray and not lose heart. Uh, why? Because sometimes the effort to obtain something, uh, there is effort to obtain that thing, whatever it is, right? That there's sometimes days or weeks or months or sometimes even years to obtain that thing. You know in your heart that you should have, that you don't have it. Uh, he said, pray and not lose heart. Pray and not faint. Uh, and yet, how many uh, in the church have just given it up? Well, you know, I prayed for that for like, like minutes and didn't get it. Well, that's, that's, that's not going back to the parable that, he, that we just read, and it doesn't line up with this parable here. In, in verse 2, he says, There was in the city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city. She came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while. You know, sometimes, the, the, now, you know, you can't take a parable and take every aspect of it and say, well, that's, you know, there's a type and shadow for every single thing because here the unjust judge is God the Father, but he's not unjust, right? So it's a type and a shadow. But the, the, in the context of that, that's not, it's not about the judge. It's about the, the person here, right? About the widow here. Uh, and he says he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, though I fear not God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Hear what the unjust judge said. And shall not God avenge his own elect? So, so who avenged the widow? The judge did, right? So he said, now will not God avenge his elect? So again, the type in the shout is a judge, but only from the standpoint that uh, you don't always get the answer the second that you ask for it. Amen? So the widow went to the judge. So whatever her adversary was, uh, she needed uh, resolution about this conflict that she was involved with. And, and the, the judge, no. Uh, you know, that's a small thing. It's not an important thing for me. Uh, we're not going to deal with it. And the widow's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bother you. Uh, how, that, that she would have fainted then, right? That's her fainting and not seeking the answer. No, what did she do? She went back. What, what did he say? Uh, that she weary me, right? Uh, you know, that should be when the, Lord, uh, when the Lord sees you coming, you know, his response would be, oh, here they come again. You know, it shouldn't be like, well, when you're coming to the Lord, uh, and who are you? I've never seen you before, right? You know, that's not weary, right? It's like, well, you know, I've never, I've never really felt comfortable coming to you, Lord. Uh, no, he said, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Uh, and it says, shall not God? Won't, won't, it, surely God is better than the unjust judge, right? And that's really the, the, the comparison he's trying to make. This unjust judge responded to the wearisome persistence of the widow. He said, how much better is God who is a just God, right? So he's an unjust judge here, but God is a just God. He is a just judge, amen? And so he said, shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night after him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. And of course, uh, the Lord speedily and your speedily may not be the same speedily, right? Uh, and so what you think may be speedily may not be the same thing as Lord, but he will do it. That's the point, right? The, the point is how bad did she want it? How bad did this widow want it? She went to the judge. It, what did it say at the beginning? Uh, she went unto him and he would not for a while. We don't know how long a while is, but it's not the first time, not the second time probably not the third or fourth time, she went back to the judge. I need to, I have an adversary. They've come against me. I need judgment uh, on my behalf. The, the, Lord, the judge wouldn't even give her a time of day. He wouldn't, he wouldn't give her an answer. No, I'm not judging that. What did she do? Came back tomorrow. What did she do after that? Came back the next day. Now, who's telling the parable? Jesus. Why is he telling the parable? Because he's trying to show us what the Father is like. He's going to show us, if you want to relate to the Father, if you want to have a relationship with the Father, here's what He wants to see. Here's the kind of person He wants you to be when you come to Him. Somebody who knows what the Word of God says, and so she went to the judge because she, she, she had a case, right? She had a legal case, so she knew the law. She had a legal case against her adversary, so she knew the law, 
but the judge didn't think it was that important. Now, to her it was important, but the judge it wasn't a big thing, right? Maybe she wasn't an important person. Maybe the other person, you know, was somebody that he didn't want to deal with. Whatever the reason was, for her it was important. For the judge it was unimportant. Now, for the Lord, everything that you, that's important to you is important to him. Uh, but for the judge it was unimportant. So she had to decide, I know what the word says. I know what the law says. Here's what I need. And so if you're going to go to the judge, you need to know what the word says. If you, if you need answers from the Father, you need to know what the Word says. Now, you don't have to be able to quote book, chapter, and verse every single time to, to, the, to, 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 the, to the Greek level, but you've got to know what the promise is to go to the Lord. You take, the Lord, take a promise to the Lord and say, Lord, you promised to give me bread. Lord, you promised to give me an answer. Lord, you promised to fill me with your will. I need to know what to do. I need to know what you want me to do in this situation. And you hear nothing. So what do you do? You go back tomorrow. You go back the next day. You know, when, when, uh, back in, in 2012, uh, we knew, uh, 2012, we'd been uh, pastoring uh, uh, for four years by that time. But we knew t- 2012 was, was a transitional year for us in the ministry. But we didn't know what that was. At that point in time, we had this church going here. We had the church going in, uh, in Cookville. Uh, and, uh, but we knew something, Lord, uh, something needs to change. We don't know what it is, but we just sense that, that you want something changed. So a lot of times, that's the way he'll work. He'll put, uh, he'll put a seed in you, and then he wants you to, to figure out what that is through, through his spirit. And so we'd go and pray. Me and Chris, we'd pray, Lord, uh, what do you want us to do? You want us to, you know, uh, uh, we know something's changed. Something needs to change. But we didn't know what it was. And so, Lord, fill us with your will. So what'd you do? Well, nothing. We didn't know what to do, so we didn't do anything. A lot of times, people just start changing things and they get themselves in trouble. I don't move unless I know that it's the, the Lord's timing. Because uh, if you move without the Lord's timing, then you're on your own. Amen? And so, uh, we, months went by. We prayed about it. Months went by. And finally, we start saying, well, Lord, what if we just do this? You know, what if we, like, add, because uh, uh, at that time, we were Sunday morning uh, in, uh, in Wednesday in Putnam County, and I think we were here on, on Mondays, uh, and uh, we'd have church here on Monday night. Uh, and uh, Lord, maybe you want us to just like add a like a Sunday night service over in Dayton, you know, and, and have a Sunday morning in Cookville and Sunday night in Dayton. And, and and so you know, it doesn't hurt to say things like that. And just down on our spirit, man. No, that's not it. Okay. So what do you do? We went back to again, Lord. What do you want us to do? We we sense that you want us to do something. What what do you want us to do? N- nothing. Well, maybe you know, if we, we you know change it up this way, change it up that way, you know. Just still, just down on our hearts, just nothing. Again, you know, months. Uh, uh, and uh, it got to be like August of that year. So we've been praying for, the, for eight, eight months about this. Uh, and finally we said, well, Lord, what if we just swap the whole thing and we do, you know, uh, the, the, all the services here you know, in Dayton in the church and we, we have basically a Bible study there in Putnam County. And as soon as we said that, that's the answer. But why didn't he tell us that in January? Because we had to come back to him, right? We had to go back with persistence, with wearisome persistence. Why? Because he, he wants it. How bad do you want it? He wants to see, are you willing to be in faith? Are you willing to stay the course? Are you willing to not change until you know to change? See, we weren't going to change anything until we knew to change. And then we, we called a couple ministers. You know, Brother Randy was one of them. We talked to another minister. And, and, and we, uh, three, three specific ministers that we know that we, we have confidence in. And every one of them said, yeah, you should have done it a long time ago. You know, whatever. Or not, not a long time ago. Yeah, that's the right answer. Well, thanks for telling us. You could have told us that back in January, right? But, you know, they're not my Holy Ghost. And so I don't look to people, to, I don't look to people for the will of God. Now, if I know the will of God or I believe the will of God, I don't have a problem with submitting that to somebody to say, hey, does this sound like the will of God to you? Because if it didn't, you know, I'd like to know. Right? If you think, well, you know, I know you think it's the will of God, but and, and so you got to be careful about saying, well, God told me to do this. What do you think? If, if you came up and told me, God told me to, to go do this, to leave my wife and go, go marry my secretary, what do you think? I, I wouldn't think anything because if you said God told you to do that, then, then, then I would have to override God. And so, you know, you got to be careful name dropping, right? And, and, uh, and so, because uh, I'm not your Holy Ghost, amen? Uh, I'd say something like, well, tell me how it works out. Yeah. Uh, and so, because um, uh, yeah, uh, I'm not your Holy Ghost, amen? Uh, and so, uh, so that's what we did. But it took many months to, to get to that point. 
Uh, and, and shameless, Lord, uh, you said you'd fill me with the real knowledge of your will. That's what we told him, because that's what it says in Colossians 1 9. You'd fill me, but see, he didn't, he's not obligated to tell you today. He's not obligated to tell you tomorrow. He's obligated to tell you when he wants to tell you. Uh, and how, how much do you want the answer? Well, I prayed, and we, we, we just don't know what to do. We prayed and prayed, and we don't know what to do. Well, then you gave it up. Because if you just throw your hands up, then you have fainted, right? Uh, what did Jesus say at the very first verse? I, I would that men ought always to pray and not to faint, not to lose heart. And so they're just things. Not, it's not everything. Well, what, what, uh, what's the list? There's no list. Some things you get, like, immediately. Some things you've got to work it out with the Lord. And he's given us two parables here to show this is, this is how the Father works. And if you want to have a relationship with the Father, then you've got to expect that this is the, the way he works sometimes. Not always, but sometimes this is the way he works. And, and if you want it bad enough, you'll always get the answer. The widow got the answer, right? The friend who wanted the bread, he got the answer. They, got, they both got what they needed, right? But it was only after wearisome, shameless persistence because they wanted it bad enough, they were willing to just... See, the Lord didn't answer them, right? Remember what the judge said? He, he would not for a while. They never even answered her, right? Uh, and so sometimes you just won't hear anything from heaven. But do you have a promise? He said he'd fill me with the knowledge of his will. Then you have a promise. Then you go back to him, Lord, you said you'd fill me. Yeah, but not today. Well, why not, Lord? Say, I, I don't ask the Lord, you know, I don't try to tell the Lord how to do his job. I just tell him, Lord, you said you would do it, so that's all I expect of him. I can't give, dictate times and, well, Lord, I need you to send me an email. And I mean, you know, Gideon did that, right? But we live in the New Testament. That was Old Testament. The Spirit of God lives on the inside of me. Now, I don't need a fleece, right? I don't need no, uh, fleeces are not New Testament, right? The last fleece was actually in the New Testament, but it, the last fleece was before they were filled with the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 1. That was the last fleece that we see in the, in the, in the Word of God. From that point forward, from Acts chapter 2 forward, you never see them taking a lot or asking for a fleece of any kind. They were all led by the Spirit of God. Amen? So the times for fleeces came to an end uh, when they were filled with the Holy Ghost in, in the day of Pentecost. Amen? So, the, so it's unbiblical for the New Testament church to be involved with fleeces. Anybody ever heard people laying down fleeces? I put a fleece out, you know. Well, did you get fleeced? Because, you know, it's not New Testament. Amen? And so the Lord's not obligated to, to uh, follow up on your fleece for you. Uh, and so... But, you know, sometimes we don't know. And so, you know, you know, sometimes the Lord does have mercy. Amen. But I guarantee you, you couldn't do that uh, more than once or twice. Uh, even if that, right? Uh, but what you can do is you go to the Lord with shameless persistence and, Lord, I need an answer. Uh, and then and what's your expectation? That you'll get an answer. Amen. Uh, and so uh, that, the Lord gave us these two parables. You know, he gave us a lot of parables. But these two parables particularly... He, he's trying to show, here's how the Father works. He's always going to elevate faith. He's always going to expect faith from you. And if, and if you're not willing to walk in faith, you know, you may leave and say, Lord never answers me. You know, he answers them. He likes them, them better than over there than me. Uh, no, the difference is that person over there has shameless persistence, and you gave it up after, after a week. You gave it up after a month. You, and you wonder why, why, why are those people over there so successful, and why are these people over here so unsuccessful? Because these people never give it up. These people quit all the time. And there's so much quitting in the church, in spiritual things, in natural things, uh, in their mind, you know, in, in their walk with God. It's quitting all the time. And, and the Lord's like, look, I, I'm not looking for quitters. I'm looking for people who just never take no for an answer. Amen? And even in that case, with the, with the, first, the first parable, you know, the first time the friend answered, we said, no, I'm not giving it to you. Uh, and, and I don't know if the Lord does that because we don't, we don't see any evidence from a doctrinal standpoint that he does that, but just the general idea that uh, you have to take, you, you never take no for an answer or really never take silence for an answer. If the Lord doesn't answer you, uh, to me, from, my, from my, the way I work is if the Lord doesn't give me an answer about something that I'm needing an answer for, then I keep going back to him until I get the answer. Yep. Uh, now, sometimes when you're praying for other people, sometimes their life is none of your business, Right? You know, but you still should pray for other people. But sometimes the Lord will say, well, that's a secret thing between me and them. But then, 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 that's, then that's your answer, right? Then you don't pursue that anymore. But if he doesn't tell you that, then you keep on going until you get the answer. Amen? Because see, the way I operate is, 
it, the Lord is plenty capable of telling me it's not on my business. And so if he doesn't tell me it's not on my business, I'm going to make it my business. If it's my business, right? If it's people that's in my church or friends or family or whatever, I'm going to make it my business until he tells me it's not my business. I'm going to be shamelessly persistent in that. Now, now the Lord, and I'm glad the Lord Jesus gave us these parables. Amen. Because he, he's, uh, I think he, he's um, uh, an authority in this area about how the father operates. Uh, and so, uh, and that, that's really the, the, last, uh, the last parable we want to talk about in those things. There's, you know, we, we could have gone through many other examples in this, in this whole teaching. Lots of other people have gone through the same thing, lots of other examples, but these are the ones the Lord specifically gave me. Uh, and what I want to encourage you to do is learn to adjust your relationship with the Father so that uh, you get the answers you have need of. You get, you get uh, Lord, uh, how do I change where I'm at? How do I get better from where I'm, where I'm at? And, and you've you got to have a desire, Lord, I want to I get this thing answered in my life, and I want you to answer me. But see, sometimes the Lord, you know, uh, he answers, and it's not the answer you want, right? And that's why we talked about Paul with the thorn in the flesh. He got an answer from the Lord. It wasn't the answer he wanted. But if you go back to the whole, the whole counsel of God, what you find is what Paul was asking for was not biblical, Right? Lord, take these annoying people out of my life. Well, if he, ta- if he takes them out of your life, who's going to be willing to help them, if not you? And so that's why, you know, in that case. But he said, most gladly. Paul's response was correct. Most gladly, therefore, will, will I uh, 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 be thankful for my infirmities. Amen. My weakness in dealing with these people. Uh, and so, uh, but a lot of times in the church, when we get an answer like that, we get despondent and we quit uh, following up with the Lord. Uh, so the Lord wants us to, to change our relationship with him to be shamelessly persistent, amen? To be wearisomely persistent with him, to where we're almost annoying. Oh, there they are again, right? That, that's, that's, isn't that what he showed? Isn't that the example that he gave to us twice, amen? Same, same exact idea in both cases. There they are again, asking again. Uh, I guess we got to give it to them because they asked, Amen. Can you ask, and, uh, uh, well, we can talk about some of those things later, but, but um, uh, there's a lot of things in our life that we can obtain from heaven if we'll pursue it enough, amen? There's really no limit to what we can obtain from heaven if we want it bad enough. Uh, and so that's, that's really what we need to get out of, the, out of these messages is, Lord, uh, I've been wanting this thing in my life, whatever it is, and I see in your word that I can have it, right? That's the key, right? You've got to see in the word that you can have it. Uh, can't just be like, well, Lord, I want their wife. It's better than my wife. There's not, you can't find that in the Word, right? So you can't go to that, with that promise. But you can go to the Lord with a promise of peace or joy or, or whatever, right? Uh, prosperity or anything that's a promise of, of God. Lord, I want this in my life. How bad do you want it? Because if you want it bad, he'll give you the instructions, okay, then do this. And a lot of times we'll be like, uh, people are like the rich young ruler. You know, he wanted it bad enough uh, to ask the Lord, how does he t- obtain eternal life? Uh, and the Lord said, one thing, or just one thing you lack. You're really close, but one thing you lack. And he left upset, left sad, depressed, because the Lord asked him to do one thing. And so, and that's, that's the reality that the Lord deals with every day. People just are shamelessly persistent. They get the answer. Well, that's not the answer I want. And they go away despondent and sad and, and don't pursue God anymore. So you've got to be careful, you know, because you've got to decide in your heart, when I get the answer, I will pursue it. As opposed to, when I get the answer, I will be sad uh, that I got the answer and not pursue it. Uh, and so, you want it bad enough? Then, then get the answer and pursue it. Sometimes the answer won't come today. Amen? Uh, but it will come. Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you find, knock. And it shall be, not maybe, shall be opened up to you. Amen? So, praise God. Well, let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we do thank you for your word. And, Father, we thank you for the examples that you gave to us. That uh, both of these examples, both the, the friend and the widow were shamelessly persistent uh, to obtain the answer of the promise they desired. And so, Father, we will take your, your true promises from your word, and we will come to you humbly, Father, but shamelessly persistent that it doesn't matter if you don't respond to us immediately. It doesn't matter if, if uh, you give us some hard answer, Father, that we think it's hard in the natural realm. We will get the answer, Father, and then we will pursue the answer with all diligence and gladness, Father. Most gladly, therefore, Father, will we take joy in the answer that you give to us. So, Father, we will never take no for an answer. We will pursue your word, Father, with all diligence. We thank you, Father, for the example that you gave to us. 
and we give you the praise and the honor for these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, praise God. Uh, is, is the Lord good? Uh, you know, uh, uh, the, these two, especially these two parables, is kind of what we ended in those two parables. If you can learn the, the uh, principle of those two parables, there's really nothing that you can't obtain from heaven. There's really no limit to what you can have from the Lord and how you can change and become a better person. Whatever it is that you desire, there's really no limit to what you can obtain if you want it bad enough, amen? Uh, and, if you, and if you'll do that and follow the example that the Lord gave to us, then you can get there, amen? Well, praise God. Well, let's uh, get ready to receive uh, this morning's uh, tithes and offerings. And then after that, um, we'll end the service. And if you need to go, you're welcome to go. But if, uh, after we end the service, then we're going to uh, have the, uh, uh, the business meeting. Uh, and so come ahead, Mr. Jared, and receive the offering. And Chris has got a handout, uh, and she'll hand out just a copy of the uh, summary for the year. Uh, and you can take a look at that. Uh, and um, if you have any questions, you know, she'll be glad to answer those questions about uh, where we spent the money. And then after that, we'll eat. Amen. So we all good with that? Uh, and so the Lord is good. Amen. amen. Uh, and so um, those two parables, I, I always enjoy when we get to teach on those two parables. They're just, to me, they, they give such good insight about who the Father is and how we're supposed to relate to him uh, and not get our feelings hurt. Amen. Uh, and too many Christians get their feelings hurt when the Lord doesn't uh, answer the way they think he should answer. Amen. He is the Lord. He gets to answer how he chooses to answer. Amen. All right. Praise God. Well, we'll just take a break for just a second, and then uh, we'll have our business meeting here in just a minute.